0: I want to take a minute to tell everyone about the app that helps make this show possible. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Most importantly, it's free. I always got to lead with that. If you're new to podcasting and feel a little intimidated by the whole process, Anchor doesn't charge you a dime to set up an account, so it's a great app to use while you get your feet wet. You also don't have to be an audio engineer to produce your own show. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone, tablet, or computer. You can do it anywhere. You can do it in your bedroom, fit into your closet if you can, go into a garage. You don't always have to have a fancy studio to uh, make a podcast happen. You really just need something you're passionate about and a chance to click record. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify. Apple Podcast, Google Music, Spreaker, Overcast, and many other platforms. You don't have to go log into each account and submit an RSS feed. Anchor takes care of that for you. Not only is Anchor free, but you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I've been doing this show for 10 months, and I've already been able to quit full-time at my day job and just work part-time. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one easy-to-use place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Remember, it's Anchor, 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 like from a boat. Hello, everyone, and thanks for checking out the fifth episode of Cake and Conversation. This will probably be getting published on New Year's Eve by the time I put it out. So I know um, most of you aren't getting a chance to listen to it until later. So I'll start a vague happy holidays for everybody. On this week's show, I met up with a former co-worker of mine, Bash Williams. We used to work together at Bar Louie in Sugar Land, maybe just for like a month or two, honestly. But I met up with him at a spot he works at right now called Field and Tides. It's in Houston off of... 45, but still inside the loop. Um, he hooked me up with their just their mouth-watering blackberry cobbler. And I'm going to sound like an ass kissing biased shill because he's on my show. But that cobbler is one of the best desserts I've ever had. Just period. My whole life, all 30 years. It was insane. I mean, I can't help it. The sky's blue. The cobbler was great. Uh, luckily for me, also Bash is currently in the middle of a 180 day fast. He's only eating like vegan food. And this thing had ice cream and some dairy to it. And my brother only took one bite right in the very beginning. So throughout the episode, if you hear anybody kind of lightly moaning in the background, it's me just sneaking a bite. I didn't have any milk this time, but the Topo Chico worked. If the name Bash sounds familiar, it's because I've mentioned him in previous episodes. He's the guy who he's put me in contact with some of the people who have already appeared and who will appear on this podcast as guests. Without him being the middleman between me and some of these brilliant creative minds, the show might not exist in its current form. Honestly, I don't even think he himself understands like the impact he's truly had on me, really being able to seize the opportunity to make this show. And I love making it. He's had a lot to do with that. I tell my brother almost every day, you know, one of the best feelings is right when I'm finished recording with a guest, it's the natural high and like that endorphin rush I get as soon as I press stop, press stop. Uh, when we were finished recording with Bash, We all looked at each other as soon as we were done and just had these huge smiles on our face. You know, we just had a lot of fun creating original content. It was uncut 30 minutes. That kind of excitement comes from getting to meet and hang out with some really fascinating people. His manager, Courtney, let us record in their private dining room next door to the main restaurant. And I have to mention really fast that if you're in the Houston area, particularly inside the Loop, and you're looking for a spot to eat and drink. It's got a nice little, uh, it's got their like modern take on a classic vibe. It's got a really amazing atmosphere. So just look up and check out and Tides. Uh, Bash himself specializes in customizing personal events for people with regards to like drink menus, themes, original recipes, overall, overall um, bar setup. He also has this amazing and innovative vision for where he sees the industry going over the next few years. And I can't wait for you uh, guys to hear about that later in the show. Over the course of the five published conversations, the one thing I've noticed is that all of my guests have this great creative ability in more ways than just what they're known for. Like, um, I remember Eddie talking about, he's done multiple motivational public speaking events for people dealing with unfortunate situations. My buddy Justin, he's been uh, nominated for best director in Houston, but he, he wears a wide assortment of hats ranges from producer and writer, to videographer, photographer, set designer, and the Jonathan Paul Jackson from last week. He's not only a successful artist, but he's a talented musician as well. You'll come to find out that my buddy Bash, he's no different when it comes to creative ability. Right now it's around the holidays and people have been getting sauced and tossed and fucked up and having a good time, kind of celebrating with family. So what better guest to have on this week than a classically trained cocktail craftsman he's not just some Chili's bartender so without further hold up you know we'll get to this week's conversation with a genuinely he's a sweetheart of a man you guys are gonna love him um Bash Bash Williams all right so what's this dessert we're working with right here it looks awesome
1: yeah really good man this is the blackberry cobbler you ever had peach cobbler Mm mm-hmm it's gonna have a little yellow cake on top of it with some ice cream. Man. Smell of that mint. Really works. Really, really works. They
0: like toast the top of it or it's got a crunch. Exactly, right? Dude,
1: Like a black a blackberry cobbler? Yeah, like a black blackberry cobbler. Yeah, That's just delicious. Exactly. All right, so um we're at what's the name of the restaurant we're at right now? We're at Field and Tides right now. Filled
0: and Tides in Houston. Yes, sir. Awesome. Um uh, did you start out with a bartending Are you get in there right out of high school or how did you kind of first get into the industry?
1: Well, I actually first got into the industry uh, actually through my pops. My pops is the one that actually – I was um, doing different jobs. Like I was just telling him I was working at Toshiba. I was working at uh, um, Goodman, like building shit, right? Um, and it wasn't really working out for me because I'm a creative. So my pops was like, well, you should be a bartender. You, you should look into this. So I ended up going to bartending school and – uh kind of just worked out for me
0: so you actually did the school yeah and Got the, and then it was almost like job placement at the end of that they help you find a job
1: exactly they help well they help you find a job but actually my pops he already knew a place i was staying on the north side i'm originally from Trinity garden so i was still staying over there and um it was a spot in Point uh called clayton's that's the first spot i worked at and i learned a lot there
0: Do you have to start off like bar back or busser, or you just hop right behind the bar, right?
1: No, right behind the bar. Like so much so that the person that was training me my first day got drunk and left. (laughs) Yeah. So that's how I learned. Welcome to the industry. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's
0: funny. Right. So uh, how long did it take? I mean, you just kind of get comfortable into it. When did it click for you that bartending was like an art form, no? Because you said you were a creative type.
1: Exactly. And your family
0: got you into it. but
1: It it was more so through – I, I knew it a little bit before Bar Louie. I worked at Bar Louie. Bar Louie kind of opened my eyes and a little bit, and I kind of just took off and multiplied it from there. But it was really through like conversation and like how we meet so many different people bartending and understanding people like that. And while I was bartending, and um, I was managing coaches i ten, right? And like a sports bar, like a sports bar, and I was doing music, and I was selling my music while I was bartending and while I was managing, right? So that that kind of like threw me for a loop as well, that that had got some um, creative juices flowing. So there is where it originally started, to be mm-hmm. honest, because I used to make drinks every weekend, like for specials and different stuff like yeah. that. You know?
0: Use your own imagination. Exactly. So you can use some of the stuff you've learned with music, you can apply that to bartending. Exactly. Plus it's, it's fun, I know from my experience, I'm big on the straw test. You know, you try yeah. something new, straw test the bad boy. Exactly. That's why it's hard exactly. to work corporate because they're like, oh, no straw testing. It looks bad. I'm like, guests prefer. It's a psychological thing. If I'm walking up in front of you with just a rum and coke and I straw test it and start nodding like, exactly. oh, yeah, they're going to be like, oh, my God, I want Jay or I want Bash making my rum and cokes. Can exactly. we make it the same way as anybody else? Yeah. You know, but they think they're getting hooked up or something.
1: Yeah. Well, it's the psychological part of mm-hmm. bartending that a lot of these New people that are coming into the industry don't understand they matter. The art you know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's about, I'm not just selling you a drink. I'm selling you an experience. Yeah. Right? You know? Because you can
0: go Seriously. get your happy hour, $4 Bud Lights anywhere. Exactly. But people gravitate to their spot as regulars for a reason.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So um, this, it's perfect we led right to psychology. I want you to tell me a little about the importance of like understanding psychology as it pertains to bartending.
1: Well, it's very important because... For me personally, I, I serve people how they want to be served, right? I'm not going to the table saying, hey, how do you want to be served tonight, right? But I'm looking at their body language. I'm looking at how they answer my questions. I'm looking at the questions they ask. And I'm serving people in that in that aspect. Even people that come in disgruntled, sometimes they come in mad. Yeah. It's a certain science to eventually making sure they have a good time. Massaging you know? them a
0: little bit. Exactly, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. There's definitely something to... It's a big, it's a good trait for people to have. Like you almost should get right out of high school. If anybody goes and will serves tables or bartends, you can get college credit for it. You should, because it teaches you how to read people, teaches you how to multitask, you know, how to keep order with stuff and reading people's huge. is like, Hey, this guy's kind of, off-putting, he's, on, he's doing work on his laptop, leave him alone. Yep. Or, hey, this old lady's probably kind of lonely, and she wants the attention, so you got to chat her up a little bit extra. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Exactly. Um, so you're, you're good with music, too. Other creative outlets, just besides maybe bartending, or what do you do with music specifically?
1: Uh, so music, I used to rap. I'm probably going to come out with one more album before I die. A lot of people ask me about it still. But... Um,
0: I like how you leave it open-ended, like before I die. So yeah, there's no, I yeah, die. exactly. That's the only deadline. Well,
1: <laughs> because for me, it's a, it's fully about art, right? So, so I mean, and to finish your last question, um, engineering as well, and then I also write, right? Okay. So, but my art ventures didn't start with music; they started with drawing. Then I went to painting. Then I went to music. Now I'm at cocktails. Right? Cocktails. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's always open-ended when it comes to art. I like with. Um, what Jonathan was saying on the last episode, right? About how art is about a conversation. So I always tell people, that's why I call myself a cocktail cultivator. I tell people I, I tell people that I want to make interactive art, right? So when I'm giving you this drink or I'm giving you this service or we're having this conversation or I'm I'm looking at every single thing. I'm paying attention to details to make sure that this experience goes in the way that I'm directing it which is what you want, but you don't know what you want yet until yeah, yeah. I give it to you. You know what I'm saying? No, I mean, yeah, it makes a lot of
0: sense. There's a yeah. lot that goes into that. Yeah. Um, as you've gotten kind of older, wiser in the industry, how have you learned to adapt to this unconventional like lifestyle we have on our schedule? You know, staying up late, sleeping in.
1: Well, actually, the the, the schedule is actually better for me because, like I told you before, I'm a creative, so I'm up all night. Nocturnal. Exactly. I'm up all night all the time. I'm up at weird times. Sometimes I go to sleep at weird times. So it works perfectly for me. It works perfectly for my personality and everything. Yeah.
0: See, I know especially me early on or really the last 10 years or so, I had no problems. I love sleeping until 10 or 11. It's like a weekend every day and I love, you know, you're up till 2, 3, 4 in the morning. You're know, you at a bar that closes at 2, you're not sleeping until 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. At the job I'm at now though, I don't know if it's getting older or not, but I like working morning shifts. I almost hate working night shifts now, at least (laughs) there. It drives me crazy. I'm an old man. Uh, My brother right here is the one that got me started. I'm waking up at Mm 7.30, 8 o'clock, sleeping by midnight. It's fucking weird. I'm not used to it yet. No, no, I get it. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, this Lifestyle, it can be hard on you. You know, if you're working like five, 10-hour shifts in a row, yeah, it, it, it can catch up to you for sure. Yeah. So um, since you first started, how's the industry? How have you seen it change? Maybe I know we've probably we've all been at different restaurants and had different jobs, but have you noticed any distinct change from when you first started?
1: Um, the most distinct distinct change that I've seen, at least in what well, I would say in the whole industry, is it more than it being about high volume, it's still about high volume, but um it's more about Quality than it used to be when I first started. Okay. Before it was just like, give me a Jack and Coke, give me a this, give me a that, give me a, a, a Cooper Libre, right? Yeah. Now people are actually paying attention to what what their taste buds are tasting. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Most people, at least, and it, it seems like more and more people are into the crafting,
0: being more adventurous. Exactly. Because yeah. we're always going to have those people that just want the
1: Bud Light no matter what. But... Well, I'll give you a perfect example, right? I I had a tequila class maybe I want to say about a month ago. So I had some product left over, but I'm not drinking right now, right? Yeah. So I go to this bar, one of the regular bars that I go to, just to kind of clear my mind, drink some water, rest, you know, come down, right? So this couple next to me, they were like arguing about something, right? And the the extra that I had, I brought into the bartender and said, boom, you can have this, this is for you, right? So I told her, I saw them arguing, so I told her, hey, give both of those, those people a shot for me. Of the stuff that I gave you, so she she gives it to him, right? And now this going back to art. Now this turns into I just want to give him a shot to make him smile, right? They they the conversation turned, and then while the conversation was turning, they turned to me and started asking me about the drink. Oh, what is this? What is that? What do you do? That that right there is like my goal when I'm serving people. Yeah. Seriously, because it's it's it turns into more of an art piece than just oh it's a drink drink now now you're interested you want to know you want to learn you want to see what what's going on plus right? you switch their mood up exactly yeah and that's what it's about
0: and they get super appreciative of that too yeah and it was almost subconscious like they probably didn't even realize they weren't in a bad mood exactly and I think right. it wasn't a conscious effort yeah but okay so you were talking about um that you don't drink that's not full time so you were telling me earlier you fast yearly
1: yeah so once a year i usually fast it's, to put it simply it's usually like a uh a, a vegan fast and a um a no alcohol fast just to make sure my mind, body, soul, you know, nobody's going to take care of it like you.
0: How long? 60 days, 90 days? You just uh, open-ended?
1: Usually, usually I'm, I'm kind of building up to do more. I usually do uh, 90 days, but this time I'm doing 180 days.
0: Just double it right off yeah, the bat. Huh? exactly. Just to so. test yourself. Yeah. What I've noticed uh, yesterday was just seven weeks of not drinking. And really with me, maybe once a day or once every, you have this little moment of like three or four seconds where it's like, Oh, I just want to drink or yeah. oh, just one ain't going to hurt. <laughs> it's like, dude, you can have like one beer, yeah. but also it's not the point, you yeah. know? Cause the more and more time that builds up. Yeah. You don't, If you're going to drink now, you want to make it worth it.
1: Exactly. Like,
0: oh, she's pretty. I got to have a cocktail or something like that. Exactly, right?
1: And and those are like the the pitfalls to fasting and not doing certain things because it's like as soon as you see that pretty one, you're like, oh, I would do anything. I'm going to buy her a drink and I can't buy her a drink if I don't have a drink. Yeah. I look weird.
0: Well, it's almost like. Maybe it's a pressure we put on ourselves or we think they're putting it on us like, oh, I'm going to take this girl on a date and she knows I don't drink. But all of a sudden now she's kind of subconscious or insecure. So, oh, I don't want to drink either. And it's like, baby girl, you can get a drink. I don't care. I don't want to get drunk. It's like, get a drink. It's cool. We don't even have to get sloppy. But
1: yeah. Well, and that's why I kind of normalize it by uh, I remember something you said about like when you were first not drinking. uh, Do I just not go to the bar? Do I do this? Do I do it? So I normalize the bar because... I know a lot of people, and I know a lot of people who are in bars. So I go to bars to relax. I go to bars, but I, I'll have a topo chico, or i have yep. a water, and I'll sit there, and we'll still have a good conversation. You know what I'm saying? Just to normalize it in my mind so I don't feel weird, and that energy doesn't come off and kind of fuck up my, my interactions with people. Right. You know, Seriously. It's
0: almost like if you stop drinking and you avoid the bar altogether, cold turkey, it might make it a little harder. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, it's definitely – people ask me all the time, how are you a bartender and you don't drink? I'm like, well, for one, I can't really drink at my job anyway. And going back to Bar Louie, this is how how I met you. Uh, We worked at Bar Louie for a little bit. That place was so busy. That was one of the first jobs I couldn't get drunk at work. Oh, yeah. I was more into like Adderall and Blow at the time or something. Like, I don't need downers. You can't be sloppy drunk there. Yeah. It was insane. Like, you're just churning out six martinis at once. Like, what am I even doing? Yeah. I almost – I mean that was a good job. I kinda like working Bar Louie. I left on some bullshit and it was probably my own fault, but that's yeah. whatever. That's any job. Well, we all kind know, of bounce you live around.
1: And you learn. Yeah, you live definitely live and learn. And learn. Yeah. I was an
0: asshole for sure the way i treated it. Man. It happens. Um, let's see where we're at. Oh, uh, you got the side business, the traveling cocktail. Yeah. Right. And the email you can reach them at uh, the traveling cocktail at yeah. Tell me a little bit this a uh, little bit about the side business you do.
1: So the side business is essentially Everything that we've been talking about, right? It's it's um, it's putting multiple arts into one to to relax people at private parties or wherever. So essentially, it's it's what people want. People usually book with me two weeks in advance, and we'll have a sit down and talk about what they want. But my goal eventually is to have a a quarterly parties to where I'm I'm mixing all these art forms at the highest levels to relax people. It's more about relaxation. It's more about enjoyment than it is about drinking. Right. You know, so I'm the traveling cocktail. Yeah, I have cocktails, but it's more that comes with that. Yeah. Cocktails come with art. Cocktails come with music. It comes with all this other stuff.
0: So right now it's like if people are doing like a wedding or an anniversary or something like that. You get hired on to do the menu for them.
1: Yeah.
0: Or like graduations or parties or anniversaries or whatever. Would you like to get to the point where people are coming to you? Like you said quarterly, so it's gonna be your spot and the this- the theme is people are like you're almost selling tickets. Like, hey, come check it out. Like you're putting on a show. Exactly. Instead of working for somebody's wedding or anniversary, yeah. it's just, hey, this April, and then boom, and then back again in August. Or
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Seasonal. That's actually a really cool concept. You like, hey, this is my spring setup. Duh, exactly, this is my summer right? setup. Seriously. Fall, winter.
1: And all of them come with concepts. Like the the the, new, the newest one that I'm thinking of is um doing one for March. And I'm thinking I I got a lot of work to do, but I'm thinking about Seeing if I can, um, if I can grab a skating ring and have a cocktail party in a skating ring. Okay. or the springtime, I think that would be super. Dope. Almost like a spring. You What's know? what, what are those '50s things? Was it like a '50s vibe too? Like a spring bop or
0: a spring fling yeah, or something? So, so, something like that, right? Yeah,
1: something kind of like that. Roller skating with
0: like milkshakes and yeah. That.
1: Well, and it's like you know everything. What goes around comes around. Uh-huh. So I, I feel like skating is kind of coming back a little bit.
0: You know. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a cool way to look at it too. You know, seriously it'd be nice if skating come back a little bit i can never do skateboard but i could rollerblade we can handle that
1: but i have to figure out how am i gonna serve drinks and make sure people don't get hurt skating yeah true (laughs) (laughs) insurance right Right. sign here and here before you (laughs) exactly at your own risk
0: yeah so even thinking about that you've already had to think of like try you be leasing out places or you want to own a spot like a warehouse or something, or it just depends on that, that kind of stuff's up in the air?
1: Well, right now I, I've just been, because I know, like I told you before, I know a lot of people within the industry. So I try to go to uh, um, cool spots that, that people haven't seen. Like the first blind bash that I had, it was at uh, the mouth Club downtown. Now, the Cottonmouth Club, you go in there, it looks like a New York bar, slim, slender down the middle. And then they have the restrooms in the back and bars on the left side and all that. Right. It's cool. Super cool. But what's even more cool is when uh, the people that came, once they came in, they saw the bar, they're like, oh, my God. But I'm like, no, this is not the bar. We go upstairs (laughs) and then we go upstairs and, and it's art on the wall. And it's this and it's that and it's a whole cocktail menu and it's food and it's you You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's about the element of surprise for me. That's why I call him a blind bash, because you're you're basically investing in into your happiness and you're investing into me to, to say this guy knows knows what he's doing. So I'm going to trust him and to 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 know that the party is going to be exactly what I want, even though I don't know what it is, yeah. you know? to be able
0: to handle somebody's trust trust like that's a lot of pressure yeah have you always been good under pressure even at a young age do you do any sports or excelled in school or oh yeah um like maybe I, you came I, from I, a strict family or something So exactly
1: well my father he was in the military so, okay there we go so yeah I, i'm used to structure but i'm a creative right so i'm like a rebel at the same time when it comes to structure so so for me it's kind of like uh and i also i play basketball uh, I was real good at basketball. I played a little bit of football in middle school or whatnot. But um as far as the the pressures of people's trust, in my opinion, I think everything happens like it's supposed to happen, right? Like I um I try to be as genuine as possible because when I'm as, as genuine as I am, then that means what's supposed to come to me, it well. comes to me, right? So I'm not out here saying, oh, I'm this, I'm this other guy. This this is me. No, you. How I am? I sometimes I'm in a bad mood. Sometimes I'm in a good mood. I'm very rarely in a bad mood, to yeah. be honest, because a lot of stuff doesn't bother me at all. Just go with the flow. Yeah, I just go with the flow. But but for me, it's about being genuine. So when people do invest in me, they're genuine people. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's not. It's not about oh, I'm selling you something that that I'm not, and I have to put a mask on when I'm serving. Yeah. It's
0: not a portrayal. It's an actual, people know where you're at. Like, Oh, bash is in a good mood today. Or he's feeling a little, it's Monday or whatever. So you can tell the difference
1: with it. Seriously.
0: So if uh, you probably get this question a lot, I'm trying to stay away from like common stuff, but somebody says, Hey, what's your favorite drink to make? Make it for me. What are you whipping up?
1: Ooh. Um, I would probably have to go just, with an old fashioned, like I have a lot of favorite yeah. drinks that I, cause I make drinks like almost every day. Right. Yeah. But, um, if I'm going with, with a classic, I would probably have to say an old fashioned. And the reason is because I think the old fashioned is about the technique. I don't think like people argue about, Oh, you're supposed to use cube sugar. You're supposed to use this. You're supposed this to This kind that. of bitter. I think money. it's more so about the person that's in front of you and the technique that you use for them. The show. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Seriously. What I do when I make mine is, instead of muddling the orange, I muddle the cherry and put the bitters and stuff. But at the very end, I'm taking the rind from the orange, taking the orange off, and then just burning it. Yeah. and I know there's some science to it. People tell me, "Oh yeah, it brings the oil out, it brings the flavor." Yeah. You get this. Oil. I'm just like, people like seeing shit get lit on fire. Exactly. And it makes <laughs> other people look down the bar like, "Yo, what's like, he oh, doing?" And it's like, I'm just lighting horn orange, like, whatever.
1: Somebody about to die?
0: Yeah, I'm sitting there, <laughs> and rub the rim with it. But see, it's well, old fashioned with me too. I like to keep them simple because everybody does so much to it. Yeah. You know, I'm like, get the cherry in, muddle it, get the bitters in there, yeah. a little bit of your simple syrup or cube sugar, or whatever. Yeah. And I always, I tell people like I prefer rye whiskey yeah. with it, like a bullet rye oh, yeah. or Knob Creek rye you can keep it simple, but. Oh, yeah,
1: most definitely.
0: I always have this core four when I tell people because we have you wherever you work, you got your drink menus. When yes. I tell people, drink menus are for like tourists, man. Exactly. We're, we're getting you, we're probably gonna be overcharged or whatever. That's tourism <laughs> shit. I do really good lemon drops, really good old fashions, really good margaritas, and really good mojitos. And I'll stand by those four, you know. Okay. Anybody say, like, Oh, I make the best, make the best. Like, whatever. We all can make good drinks. But yeah. I know if you try this shit right here, it's gonna be good. Yeah, you know? most definitely. And I learned my lemon drop recipe when we were working at Bar Louis. Okay. That, well, I stole that Bar Louis recipe. of the Grand Marnier. I yeah. never thought to put Grand Marnier yeah, in a lemon, lemon drop, drop. before, yeah. but and I use agave instead of simple syrup. Okay. Yep. And then I've learned that with margaritas, anytime you get like a like a gold or a reposado or a añejo or whatever, I try to use the agave. And then if it's like a silver tequila, I use yeah. simple syrup just to match it. I don't know. Okay. You, see, I'm not as much so much into the science of it. Maybe like I should be, but I just go more off a of gut and feel.
1: Well, it, I think it's a a little bit of both. It's a, a little bit of technique and a little bit of gut and feel, right? Yeah like uh when you were talking about the old-fashioned i i'm i make mine in a similar fashion as well uh as far as burning the the uh, orange peel right and mm-hmm. flaming it but i put mine in the bottom and i make a syrup with it that, that's what i do okay. with mine, right so i i i totally 100 agree with you when it comes with uh to like classics it's better to keep them simple and if you do alter them keep it straightforward yeah. right but also, uh, when you were talking about the margarita and the lim- lemon drop, pisco sour popped in my head. I, I've had people from Peru tell me that this is the best pisco sour I've, I've ever had, and that's like native to the, where they're from. Exactly, it's native to pisco water. sour. Pisco sour, what is that? So that that's going to be a little a little bit of pisco, some uh, lime juice. Pisco is liqueur, obviously. Well, yeah, but it's uh, it's kind of like a liqueur. It, it's more more of a liquor, but. It's not, the the alcohol content is not super high. Okay. So it's like, a, um, I would compare it to like slow gin, right? Okay. Something like that, right? Lower in alcohol content. And it's like a, um, in taste, it's like a light mezcal, in my opinion. That, that, that's what I think. It's got kind of but a smoky flavor to it too? A, a little smoke to it, right? Uh, I would do some Pisco, little uh, uh, lime juice, some um, simple syrup. And I put Angostura bitters in mine and oh. I put an egg white. Yeah, egg and that, huge. I make it almost like a um, like a gin Ramos fizz.
0: OK, right? so you need a good five, four or five minutes on that bad boy. too. Well,
1: not really. So. If if I want to go Ramos fizz, then, yeah, I'm going to need about four or five minutes. But I kind of mimic it in a shorter time. OK. Right. You've heard of
0: whiskey cake, I'm guessing. Or are you seeing? Yeah, like, I heard craft of whiskey cocktails. Cake. Or yeah. I, I could never be like even at your level. I mean, there's different different levels. Or different styles of bartending. And I always could respect the craft, like the detailed oriented, the mustache twirl (laughs) in seven minutes to make this whiskey sour drink. Because I'm like, man, I could never do that shit. Also, I hate service bars. So I'm not a mechanic. I call those mechanics. When you work in the service bar, and you got to make drinks for tables. I hate doing that. There's no personality to it. You're a robot. Like, oh, this lemon drop, this mojito. Or I'll tell people, like if I see some of my friends sitting at a table or something, or I see somebody I know that isn't sitting at the bar and they came in. I mean, I'm going to make the drink the way I would make it for them if they're at the bar. But yeah. I try to tell people, man, if you sit at a table, you might get a different style of drink than if you sat at the bar. Like wow. I, I work at BJ's in Pearland and there's a recipe for their BJ's mojito. Yeah. that You have to make it that way every yeah. time. And that's fine. It's, we pre-pack it or pre-pour the mojito mix, which I hate. Yeah. But if you yeah. sit at my bar top and I get you to get a mojito, you're getting Jay's mojito. And exactly, it's, right? No offense BJ's, but mine's 10 times better. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So you're getting fired over a podcast. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, uh, you working? So this is coming out New Year's Eve. Any big like New Year's Eve plans or anything
1: for this like for the industry? Uh, yeah. actually, I'm working New Year's Eve. Okay, working so, here? No, 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 not here. Uh, we're gonna be closed here, but I have a um, house party that I'm gonna do a private oh. event for uh, New Year's. It's like a hundred people. And it's just you? Just me. I mean, if you need a bar back, or something.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm trying to remember if I'm working New Year's Eve or not. It's next sure. week, but um,
1: just me. I got I got a little personal bar, uh, or portable bar that I take with me. Boom pre batch all my stuff and let's go. Yep. You know?
0: then you talk to them in, in advance to see what they need. Or it's like, hey, do you need me to pick out the liquor or recommend certain a- liquors? Exactly.
1: Or- usually I, I try to depending on what what they tell me, I usually uh recommend anyway. And then you can go whatever direction you want to go. But I'm I'm very versatile when it comes to that. Yeah. I'm I'm not not a lot of stuff bothers me at all.
0: Really laid back. Yeah. so besides the the side business taking off at some point would you ever see yourself owning a bar like brick and mortar style own a bar
1: yeah if i didn't have to really be there right okay like like i would i would like to own a bar but one thing about me i'm i love to move that's my thing i love to move so like to have a building and just have to be there constantly like anything mundane kills my creativity and creativity is like therapy to me okay so you know what i'm saying yeah. i, I kind of want to keep everything in motion and going i wouldn't be against it if it was the right situation
0: you'd have to trust them for sure you're not going to be there exactly that's what i feel like i know when i own a bar i don't you don't want to be overbearing or micromanaged because you've got to trust them. but at the same time i'd want to be there at 8 a.m doing inventory or something at least yeah. in the beginning yeah and depending on your finances and who's supporting you you, you know every little penny counts that's yeah. always the tricky part is like Oh shoot, we're missing point four jack.
1: What happened last night or something? Yeah, like that? or even if I could be there for six months and just make sure everything runs how it's supposed to run Smooth. and go to the next one. Yeah. That's that's all that's what I'm about. Moving, moving, moving. Constantly creating, constantly coming up with stuff, constantly progressing. Seriously.
0: With a lot of so talking about progressing, where do you could maybe see the industry be in five, ten years down the road, or what's some changes that you think might happen?
1: To be honest, I think it's gonna be more um It's going to be more um, like social media involved, like to where like what I see is is people getting discounts for having a certain app, you know, or or restaurants being being um, having apps. And okay, now I have I have a Field and Tides app. And what what are the 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 the, um, the coupons that I can use? And oh, they're having a party and. These t- they have this many more spots left, and I can buy a ticket to this party in the in the private dining room, and that's what I see in the future of bartending. The app
0: thing—that's actually a really good idea—is people could check out almost the inventory of oh, they're out of this today. Instead of getting to this specific bar for a certain beer, and yeah. then oh shit, they're out of their seasonal beer, you can yeah. know ahead
1: of time. Well, and right now everything is about like instant gratification. Yeah. So so apps are more convenient than websites. So I see. Like I said before, I see I see all these bars and everything. If they create an app and become so become social media to people, I always tell people when you create a business right now, you have to be Google. Yeah. Any anything that anybody wants, you you pick up your phone. Google is like it's right here. Instant. You you have to be Google if you want to create a business. Because yeah. it's all about convenience.
0: That's been the hardest part with me is the social media. I still have to get the Twitter and Instagram going. If anybody likes to be an intern. And work for free. <laughs> no, <I'm> gonna gonna <laughs> yeah, find man. some seventeen-year-old, eighteen-year-old sucker and be like, "Dude, help me out hey, with Twitter." Man. bro. It's the but,
1: grind, man. It's yeah. the grind.
0: There's always something to do. Like between working full time as a bartender and then doing this in your free time, this doesn't feel like work, but yeah. it can be tiring and consuming. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I gotta go do a little research, and I gotta look up about this. And
1: yeah, well, man, I, like I, I totally, 100%, agree. At the end of the day, for anything to function, like a machine, like every every container in a car doesn't carry oil. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you need those other Component parts part. to make everything flow like it's supposed to flow. And it's just about like minds, finding like minds and building up. That's it. Because I'm at the same point. I'm like, okay, what like minds can I find? How can I do this? How can I do that? You
0: want that collective. Exactly. But I like the word creative collective. Yeah. I'm going to do something with that. So where can people, you know, if you want to promote it, social media real quick, uh, email, yes. websites?
1: Yeah. Uh, so... You, you can find everything about the blind bashes, about everything that I do, daily drinks, where I'm working um, at facebook.com um, backslash the traveling cocktail or instagram.com backslash d. dot 2017. Okay.
0: And I'll make sure to get these links into in the post too, so people can just click and go right to it. Exactly. So, uh, clientele you're kind of looking for, like what what kind of people necessarily, or you know, like we say, like maybe weddings or anniversaries or just events in particular. Yeah. What? Well, like if somebody's looking to do this, they should get in contact with you.
1: Well, It's if any if somebody's looking to do a private party, they should get in contact with me. Like, um, I do I do parties with only beer and wine, or I do parties that I come up with a menu for. You know, I know there's a lot of. Um, People out there doing a the mobile thing now, but I, I know I'm very unique in what I do. I have my own tools. I have a, a, um, a portable bar, and most, more importantly than all that stuff, I have the passion to do it, and I have the time, and I'm in that and that I'm willing to put in the effort to do it. You know, so that's my big thing. At the end of the day, just if you if you have a party
0: get in contact with you content. i'll definitely cut spread the word <laughs> uh just to let everybody know bash right here's the one that got me in contact with jonathan paul jackson from last week and um in contact with four or five almost six other people that are eventually going to be on the show so without him i wouldn't have a lot of content so really appreciate it dude for sure y'all this has been awesome my god yes sir all day So it's a little after 8.50 on New Year's Eve as I record this closing segment in my luxurious homemade garage studio. And my backwoods neighbors are busy participating in what I can only imagine is gang warfare outside. I don't think it's too loud to be picked up for you guys, but just don't be alarmed. I just happen to be doing this segment and publishing this episode at the worst possible time for any creator to make any of their work public on an American holiday. Uh, So I can't lie, with uh, Bash, I wanted to steer clear of some of the typical questions and topics that bartenders get asked about all the time. Like what's the drunkest you've seen somebody? What's the wildest story? What's the most money you've made? Stuff like that, because it really doesn't have much to do in terms of creativity in the way that I'm trying to highlight. I'm really glad, totally grateful that Bash found the time and the place and the dessert to sit down. He got to hang out with me. We know it's a good half hour. As I say with every guest, like I'm probably going to keep repeating it, we could have definitely kept talking, and I'm sure I'll meet up with him again for another episode. It's almost guaranteed. I hope if any of you guys are that are listening, if you need someone to take some pressure and stress off your shoulders the next time you're planning an event, whether it be corporate or personal, you guys get in touch with Bash. He's experienced. He's a true professional. He's really laid back and he's calming. You know, really make sure that your party or event, you know, it really stands out and impresses everybody that attends. Next week, was that January? Should be January seventh. I'm bringing you guys something a little bit different in terms of what this guest brings to the table. And the best part for me is I haven't, as I record this, I haven't sat down with him yet. I believe I'm meeting up with him Friday. We have it planned for Friday. We haven't met before in person, but I've seen a lot of his work online, and I got in contact with him. And I'm interested to see what his story is. If I'm correct, he's kind of new to this particular style of art for himself. He really, I guess, really and truly got rolling with the current setup last April, I believe. But um, to everybody who's checked out all of my shows, or even if this is your first show, because I harass you over and over again to listen to it, <laughs> I owe all my happiness right now to you guys. Um, I'm taking baby steps each week, and I know I'm in the middle of some unimaginable journey, and I'm enjoying every second of it, almost every second of it, of course. But until we cross paths again, just I hope you receive all the positive energy that you put out and that you guys take care